All right. Three, two, one. We are live with uh, episode two. Um, coming back to you from the bedroom, we got uh, Jonathan Brown, the good doctor, with us tonight. Um, hey. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I believe you have a, a website, right? Uh, yeah, I am. It's uh, johnbrown.com. That's J H O N hyphen brown.com. Uh, right now, I'm only really using it for. Uh, as a, a wiki for my D and D campaign, so uh, it's not really anything there you can see. Yeah, but uh, I heard you're one of the best uh, in terms of uh, GMs, especially where I work at. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I, I'm only running. I am running my first game. I, I watched. Um, uh, I, I've always kind of been been interested in D and D, but I, I never uh, really got into it till till recently. I. Uh, watched uh, the show Critical Role on uh, Geek and Sundry. It's a bunch of nerdy uh, ass voice actors um, playing D&D together. Yeah. So I, I watched that and, uh, and it really got me into it. And so I, I started, I bought some of the books and uh, talked to some of my friends and we uh, decided to start playing on, uh, on Discord in uh, World 20. That seems to be something um, a lot of people have been picking up. I I never really got into it. Um, I had experimented kind of back in the 2007. Uh, me and some friends, uh, we played Vampire the Masquerade. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one or not. I, I, I've never played it, but I've heard of it, yes. Um, that was kind of like an awkward experience. I mean, we met him at an internet cafe. It was kind of like a friend of a friend. And we had a good time. Like, it was actually like a cool night. But kind of looking back on it, you can kind of realize, like, why well, that game gets a bad reputation. Because he was like a 30-year-old guy hanging out with, like, uh, like 14-year-old kids. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, his girlfriend. Like, he totally could have just, like, raped us. But <laughs> thank God he just wanted to play Vampire. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if, if you're... you're <clears throat> Right now, the the fifth edition is what what we've been playing. Um, it's 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 simplified a, a lot. Um, um, I, I, I like I said, I haven't played other editions, but um, from people I, I, I've talked to and, and whatnot, uh, the, the general consensus is it is it's made it a lot easier. Uh, there's not as much number crunching you have to do. There's still number crunching, like, but it's it's usually you know you're adding just adding numbers together occasionally you might multiply um and of course sometimes you'll you'll obviously subtract but that's the uh optimization isn't it that modern game design kind of leaking back into the pen and paper kind of that that backwards uh what they call that reverse engineering yeah yeah i can see that um but uh yeah we, we got my my friend's wife um my best friend to, to play she uh she you know she's not a she's not a, a princess type but she's she's not a nerd and it, she she's she she's got it she's, she's gone with it i think that that kind of a lot of people um especially uh like our culture doesn't have a lot of myths and stuff and i think that's kind of like what role-playing feels because you don't really get a lot of uh storytelling i mean we uh for a while we had movies and games we've kind of moved a little bit farther away from that that's kind of why podcasts have such a big draw to like uh, even something as simple as conversation something as interesting as like uh, somebody's imagination is uh is a coveted asset yeah, yeah, and, and, and it, it, it lets us create, uh, like, uh, just creating this, 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 even though I've adopted the world of critical role, um, I'm, I'm still creating uh, people, you know, that, that, that my friends are intera- interacting with, and, uh, 
and I, I came up with you know my own little story that I, I that's not I've never seen anywhere else. It's it's been it's fun. I think that's one of the most um, interesting facets of human beings that they can devote. Uh, it's kind of like a logical in a sense, kind of like love that you can um, that you can spend so much so much resource and so much effort in, into creating basically an entire universe. And depending on like your skill set and the resources you have, you can um, you can materialize that from almost nothing into like a, an entire series or maybe something as simple as a D and D campaign. Yeah, it's it's crazy what we can come up with. What um, you said you uh you really wanted or was there already a D and D series based on that one book? Uh, you have to remind me the name again. Sorry about that. Critical Role. No, the uh the other one that um the really the big series that you were interested in starting a podcast on. Oh, the the Cosmere by Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Um, he has a a role-playing game created for one of the worlds that he's created called Mistborn. Have you ever um, found anybody to play that one with you? Or you said that's something you're still looking for? I, I am actually still looking to, to buy it. I'll probably get it off of Amazon at some point in time. That's the um, that's an official advert, by the way. If that's uh, something you're interested in, you have a very uh, talented DM willing to uh, undertake it. Located on just the north side of Houston, if you're familiar. <laughs> But um, I mean, it's always good to uh, to just hear about people's passions. So uh, let's hear about why why you like the Casimir, and then why you think it uh, converts to D and D so well. Uh, well, the Casimir, um, it's 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 what what Sanderson has uh, come up with. Uh, various authors um, had uh, connected their 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 series, their the different books together, and said, "Oh, this is." This is one world, like Isaac Asimov with his uh, foundation and, and, and the robot trilogies. Expanded universe. Series, yeah, expanded universe, and uh, are like um, uh, obviously there's Marvel and DC, but that's that's comics, and uh, like Stephen King was kind of trying to to make all this stuff in, in one world, from what I heard. But um, so, but they they always put it together at the end, and he he's starting from the beginning, having it together. And in, in the different series, you don't need to read the other series to really get into it. Yeah, um, they're, they're all they're all self-contained, uh, but there's what what we like to call Easter eggs. Like you'll you're like, hey, that guy's talking funny. Like like someone from this world. Yeah, like he uses different idioms or or, or like uh, <clears throat> like when we 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 call people green with envy. You know, or yeah, you might say. Uh, um, uh, red with uh, red, red ears with anger or something, you know, stuff like that. It, it's like that doesn't make sense, but I kind of see it. I think um, world building uh, as a big, uh, like I was saying before, big relation to um, maybe myth making, maybe a modern version of it. I think that's why you see such a demand for it. Even nowadays, when like um, when you see a new franchise launch, uh, there's that 
there's such a thirst and hunger to explain every minute facet and detail that sometimes it can kind of like ruin a franchise because <laughs> you can't you can't really have like the the Lucas Star Wars where this is just a we're just explaining the sand dragon we're not going to show you what it is or we're explaining what the Kessel Run we're not going to show you what the Kessel Run you couldn't make those movies anymore because they have to show you the Kessel Run they have to show you the dragon like you yeah. can't yeah it's so and uh, I think there's people that try uh, there's like a fine balance to it and I think you probably understand that a little bit more than most that uh you can you have to you have to drop little like that's the nuggets like the the stuff that you can appreciate just because you know not because it's explaining to you and like hitting you over the head with it yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and you have, and there's an art form to it, to where you can interweave it into, like you said, like another story where you don't even realize like it's like a reference unless you, unless you're one of those people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that happens several times in in the books. It's, it's it's funny. You're like, hey, that that person was wearing a mask, but that's that's a mask from from this place, you know. And it, it's 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 pretty nice. Uh, uh, maybe we could talk about it a little more sometime. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to uh, pick up a copy. Maybe you can just loan me one that I should read. Right, yeah. I'll have to look for it. But um, in terms of uh, world building in general, have you ever um, tried to, to strike out and write your own series? Have you ever written anything? Some years ago, uh, uh, um, I, I, I was talking with a friend and we it kind of came up with um, uh, a concept uh, for, for a movie uh, or something. And, and uh, we, we kind of tried to write it, but it never really got anywhere. But it's basically, <clears throat> there's, you know, you, there's, there's Jesus and his 12 disciples. Um, and basically it was, um, there was going to be, um, you know, the, the Messiah-like figure was going to return. <clears throat> And these 12 disciples were going to be the people that had to help him when he, he came back. And so they were all, their souls were all given, like, immortality. Uh, and, and after they died, they, yeah, they died, but then someone who was being born at that time, their soul would go to that body. Yeah. And, and that person would grow up normal until they, like, reached 15 or something. And then they would find out who, what they were, what they had to do. And so, you know, there's 12 of them, you know, and, and we kind of thought, you know, one or two of them would turn evil, per se, and go against the, uh, the, 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 the hero. Yeah. Side figure, or, uh, like one, you know, one, one, one is, a. um, one's an old man gets killed by one of the evil ones and then uh, they come back as a young girl who then kills the evil one a few years down the road uh, things like that um, <clears throat> but uh, I'm, I'm still thinking about things I could do for that but I, I haven't uh, really written much for it uh, uh, I'm surprised I remember it actually that's kind of a that's kind of a hot take. I wouldn't picture you as someone that would write maybe something so directly about um, Jesus, but I do know you as a spiritual person, or at least well, a follower of Jesus it, Christ. It, was, it wasn't really Jesus. I was using that as an example. Yeah, but that's a. I mean, that's a good take. I kind of always got. Um, 
especially through high school. I mean, I always got caught reading Lord of the Rings or the, the particular, and I would just get pegged as that. I would have English just say, oh, you know, you're such a good uh, writer. You remind me of Tolkien. But I mean, um, a couple of times I've tried to sit down and write something. I've always tried to have uh, someone else on board. And I think that kind of throws it out of the scope more than anything. Maybe you run into the same type of issue, but... I've had ideas for uh, there's a particular like game called Zone of the Enders um, mm-hmm. number two for Konami. Uh, that that game has needed a sequel for a bat like a very long time. Like uh, and uh, I've kind of co-written one for that. I'm a big fan of Gundam too, the anime series. There's, I've tossed around an idea of like a six or seven little mini series, but I mean like how do you even start with that? You got to get like the animation studio, you get the voice talent. <laughs> well, that, that would, you'd be writing a script. You don't necessarily have to reduce it if you're just writing that's true um and gundam is uh, very liberal with the license you just basically have to have a good pitch for him but i mean uh if you sat all day and thought about the projects you never accomplished i mean <laughs> yeah well, well one of the things you have to remember and Sanderson says a lot is practice 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 i mean he 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 always laminates about his first few novels which just utter trash and you kind of got to just uh it's like the experience more than anything yeah, yeah, and um, just you gotta get down and, and do it. Uh, and, and this man is a machine. He 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 took a break from writing a book and wrote the sequel to that book he was writing. He's like, yeah, I got a rough spot, so yeah, I decided to write the sequel, and then oh, now I know how to finish the the other book. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm actually um. I haven't been reading a lot of um, non-fiction lately. I've been kind of lost in the sauce, honestly, on the shamanic books. Um, we were kind of talking about that for a little bit on the patio. You said you had had some experience with mushrooms, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, a friend of mine was uh, uh, grew them, and uh, and they, they he tried it out to make sure, you know, to, I guess to try to make sure it was okay. That's poison. I was like, let's see how poison these are. <laughs> he went and it, it was uh, a small amount, um, like two something grams, or maybe three. I, I don't remember offhand, um, but um, I, I just um, it kind of reminded me the the first time I I smoked weed. I I could I could just like feel everything, and I was happy. That's a big, um, I mean, uh, I w- I've uh, had varied experience, but I have had what you're describing where it's just like um, an un- unreasonable amount of like uh, positivity or joy. Sometimes, uh, like one of the time, <laughs> I was kind of talking to you about this with Ramon, like on the back of that rent fair experience, I just kind of set up like watching YouTube all morning and like laughing way too hard, which is always like a positive, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's always good to laugh until like your stomach hurts. I watched The Martian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> visuals in that movie just by itself. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But, um, 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 uh, mushrooms. It was, it was just fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some movies that are a nightmare. Like um, one of the first times I did acid, we ended up watching Wild Wild West, and uh, on acid, it just makes that movie seem like it's nine hours long, uh, and it makes way less sense than it did when you were sober. Spider. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> they like get on a train, and uh, the, it's fucking like Washington, and then thirty minutes they hop off, and like it's Arizona. It's like what the fuck? Like that isn't. Are you sure it's Washington, not like L.A. Yeah. 
That was um, that was actually a particularly good experience because I was hanging out with my good buddy Lauren and her boyfriend, and we convinced her she did not have she never had shoes like she couldn't find them. We were like uh, like Lauren, are you sure you have shoes? Like I've never seen you wear those before. Like, what color are they? And eventually, after like three hours, she found them, and that was the most pissed off I'd ever seen somebody that had found their shoes. That's horrible, man. Uh, it's uh. Why do that to me. At, well, uh, I mean, uh, we, could, we don't really have any experiences together, but I did give you a tab of um, of something before. How, yeah, did, that, yeah, how did that work out for you? It was for you? a friend of mine. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for you? Oh. So you've never... Um, no. They're both... Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a wide spectrum. I'd put um, acid and, uh, more on the male end of the spectrum. It's a, lot, it's a little bit more mild than mushrooms. But did you get that weird ego death thing on mushrooms? Ego death. Ego death is where like you feel really introspective and like um, you can kind of like get so far outside of yourself you like have a whole new like level of disappointment for like everything you've ever done. Uh no. Oh, Did that happen? I, I, I don't. I usually don't get get that way. Um, what were you inside or were you outside? Uh, part of it. Uh, part of it was outside, but as the night went on, we went back inside. For, um, Watch the movie. Usually, those types, I think, uh, outside is a little bit better because your um, your thoughts and stuff kind of bounce off the walls. Otherwise, but when you're outside, the sky is like the limit. I can see that. I mean, we 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 hung out in their yard for a while. That's why I mentioned Renfair because that's basically all I do on. <laughs> I mean, I have my hammock, but I mean, uh, that's what I'm doing most of the night, like counting extra stars and stuff. Nice. It's always uh, it's always a good time to just kind of wander, and we don't get a lot of opportunities as like uh, modern men, I think. No, no, we're stuck in that nine to five grind. Yeah, definitely, we got the same grind, but like uh, just thirty minutes away, you can kind of wander around. Yeah, uh, it's kind of nice living living this far away from this downtown Houston. When's the last time you went like um, camping? Camping. Um, well, I was in the Boy Scouts, so I did a lot of camping in my team. You're an Eagle Scout, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an Eagle Scout uh, back in 2000, 2001. It's uh, impressive. Uh, a month before I, I turned 18, which is, as you turn 18, that's it. Yeah. You, you, you can't, once you hit 18, you can't get it. Oh, that sucks. Uh, well, I mean. It's a cutoff. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if as long as you get all the requirements done, you can. You can there's a, a, a scout master meeting and a, a, a meeting you have with the the, uh, the board that runs the, the troop or whatever. That's why they kicked me out of high school. They were like, "You're too old. We can't." <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, but uh, it's like you got bills, man. You can't be coming to high school anymore. I got a. I got a lot of. Uh, Camping done. Um, I was probably it's probably been ten years since I've really gone camping. You said you went to uh, Enchanted Rock, right? Though you've been to Enchanted Rock before. Yeah, yeah. We, we went to Enchanted Rock, did some hiking. Was uh, it spooky? Not necessarily. I mean, it was winter, so it was super cold. That's not uh, cool. Um, and we, we we did a little bit of rock climbing. Um, it, was little, it was fun. It was just a weekend. Oh yeah, uh, it's supposed to be. Um, Enchanted Rock is supposed to be the place where a lot of the the natives hid from the Spanish during the conquista. 
Oh, I, I haven't heard that. Supposedly during the night, you can kind of hear like the rock making weird noises. Huh. There's a, another good experience uh, I had. Uh, I, uh, in 96, there was, a, there, there was a, another Boy Scout camp out in, uh, in the Davis Mountains in West Texas. Yep. And, oh my gosh, you go outside at night. Or, obviously, we were outside as we were camping, but it was... It's, the sky was just filled, filled with stars. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, here in, you know, Houston City, you know, you, you don't see much. You can, um... Yeah, you really do have to get the fuck out of town before you can see anything. There's also... There, there's, uh... Sam Houston has a, uh... A, a stargazing field that they do. Um... Obviously, up, up, up north... Towards Houston, towards Unsville. Drayton's been trying to pick up um, a telescope. I've also been, apparently you really can't get cheap night vision for a camera, but this is a good segue into talking about stars. So this is uh, kind of what I was describing. I showed this to Drayton earlier. What you saw in the sky? Well, um, usually, I mean, I've seen all of these kind of individually. I've never seen this many at once. And I'll, I'll make sure this is a picture link down in the description, but you have one isosceles triangle. Yeah. And then... You have another one right here. Crazy. That's... Uh... Number three. <laughs> and then uh, number four here on the top. And this one, uh, I actually finally got Photoshop again, so I was able to, um, cause no, I mean, norm, my phone's like 20 megapixels, but even in like that darkness, like you can't see shit, but, uh, these appear consistently every Thursday and Friday. I've seen them at different parts of the week, usually eight or nine. I've seen them at two o'clock in the morning too. Um, for a while I felt like I was going crazy. Maybe I am, but, um, there definitely seems to be something happening in the sky. I tried to show it to the weatherman a couple months ago in July, um, on the Doppler, they caught like a big, um, explosion, like a few miles wide radius on the Doppler. And supposedly they were saying this is birds. Like there's birds, <laughs> a mile, a mile wide of birds exploding in a, in a perfect circular radius. I sent him, uh, the recording of like the explosion sounds and a couple pictures and he was like, uh, he was like, but that, this was during, you know, 6 a.m. And this is at night. And I was like, well, like I'm, I'm normally at it up at 6 a.m. But it's like, they, they visit a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was my logic. Um, if you know the guy from channel two, tell him to check it out. Quit saying it's not aliens. I really don't think there's that many birds in Houston. Honestly, they'd all have to take off at once to make a circle that fucking big. Have you ever had any kind of like a paranormal experience with ghosts or UFOs or anything? Um, not that I can remember. Uh, I've never, uh, like hearing someone's voice that, that I know wasn't there, maybe. Um, what was that like? Uh, it was kind of creepy, but, uh, I, I, I don't remember when exactly when it was, um, it was a, a camping trip with scouts, and I heard. Ooh. I heard my mom. Ooh, shit! But my mom was there. Oh. And you know, she she it was just her like like she was talking to someone, and there was a. Uh, uh, what age was this? 
13, 14, maybe 15. Did it, um, did it kind of weird you out? Uh, a little bit. I mean, the, 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 the thing was that, like, I just woke up and I was still... Oh, like, shit. <laughs> I don't want to get up yet. You know, I'm just going to lay down here. Oh, God. That's the worst. Uh, Where was this? Um... Some camping trip. I, I couldn't tell you where. What the location was? Do you know about like uh, what area of Texas? Maybe. Uh, probably, probably um, uh, the uh, East Texas uh, between uh, Dallas and and Houston. We'll have to do some research. I've been kind of. I'm not. I don't want to get into like maybe ghost hunting per se, but I definitely think like I've uh, I spent some time. I went to a drift event with some friends up in uh mineral wells texas it's about an hour and a half east of waco it's kind of almost it's basically kissing the ass of west texas it's desert but they have a, a big hotel up there that um is actually kind of notorious for being haunted they have haunted tours there and i might be uh, incriminating myself by saying this but we uh me and a couple friends after the drift event we were kind of driving around and we saw this big hotel we wanted to go check it out um one of my friends is super he's super superstitious <laughs> there was a street light um kind of the hotel is basically they do they open it for halloween to do tours otherwise it's full of bats and god knows what so they really don't want you fucking around in it yeah. but uh there's a gate on the back side that's kind of like open so you know what happens um we try to go in and then the street light goes out he just backs down he brought his girlfriend so i don't blame him and we've been drifting all day so it's fucking sweaty and shit he wants to go back to the hotel we take them back and then me and my good buddy lewis um hey lewis what's up uh we um we go back a little bit later um we kind of scoped out the area while we were there we noticed that there was like some wood on the door so we're definitely gonna need like a, a pro bar or something to open it up um we stop by walmart get a pry bar and some gloves come back when we climb in uh the thing's like a good like four feet to the ground like after you go off the wall and it's fucking spooky as shit like mm-hmm. there's like a uh basement or maybe like a parking garage that tunnels underneath it it looks like some bioshock type shit i couldn't convince lewis to go down there with me so we go back up and we decide oh yeah let's let's go in the hotel um we try to break in uh the wind i think the plywood's like two inches thick so there's no getting it off the fucking window they have like concrete screws in it too so a little little pry bar is not gonna do shit uh but luckily like there's a window on the second story open um we noticed like all the doors are like they have cross welds too so they have the, the doors are welded shut and then the bars have like a good five or six foot bar welded to the doors to make sure you can't you know push one side open from the other <laughs> basically and then uh while lewis is in the middle of climbing up like this 15 foot pole to go into the window you can hear this uh, creak like maybe good 30 feet or 30 stories up like <laughs> yeah and that was enough that was enough it's like okay like let's get out of here like uh that's just uh that's as close as i've gotten i thought uh, this house might be haunted. There's a website you can go to and pay $11. It's like uh, somebodydiedinhouse.com. And that will basically tell you... Um, in Texas, it's almost worthless because they don't have to tell you if a person died in the house. But it will tell you if an occupant died while they were you know, listed as living here, basically. And someone did die here. Um, but uh, I haven't had too much experience with it, aside from when we first moved in. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like doors locking things that like weren't where they left or windows opening themselves uh, the big one was when we had the house inspected uh, I had my grandma come by and watch the inspector because you have to have someone here obviously and um, 
she heard somebody stomping around upstairs and she could see him outside of the truck so yeah. but uh i mean nothing so far do you think that did you get like a haunted vibe did you get all spooked out no no the uh i mean the the light doesn't really come on very bright in front that's That's the battery that's me being shitty but um that's nothing i talked to jake uh he said that supposedly this type of house has bad feng shui because you can't see their front door from the back door so the energy can't get through it all right i i can i can see that uh supposedly i don't know i've uh i mean can't you see that patio door from the front door that's what I told him, but I mean, he's never been here, so only, only you know, John. You you do the hard work. Uh, well, we're <laughs> forward, right? Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, most friends I don't have to pay to come over, but it is 2018. <laughs> hey, I pay you to come over here. Huh. <laughs> no. With the uneven pool table. <laughs> hey, as long as we have fun, man. Huh? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, we, we have fun. We have a good time. I really like the setup you got here. It's going to um, it's gonna improve. Um, we're going to... I don't know. I'm kind of like on the on the fence about video. Um, a lot of my content doesn't really have to... It has visuals, but uh, it has a big writing aspect. And I think like your idea is kind of like... They can't really stand on their own if they're, you know, stuck with your stupid face with them. Well, maybe we could do special video episodes. I don't mind the guests being video, but I understand like not all guests want to be videoed either, so maybe we'll mix it up. Well, I mean, just like every so often have an episode about something special that, that that's very visual, and then yeah, definitely. I mean, whatever we we can always just not do it. <laughs> yeah, let's just uh, fuck it. We can't start right now. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. Have good night. No, um, uh, we we uh. I don't really have a lot coming up in terms of content planned out. Um, but if you know anybody that has like a good UFO or a ghost story, definitely let me know. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, see if I can come up with anything. Uh, I have my, um, I don't know. I'm probably going to go to Alex's show. Do you like art shows? I'm not opposed to them. I haven't really been to very many. I wonder if this one's even on your schedule. November 3rd? What's November 3rd? November 3rd. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's alright. Uh, yeah, we gotta find a way to hang out more. I guess I could just have you back on. What's, uh, The Silence brought to you by Marijuana? talking about so uh you said you wanted to work on some stand-up as well right yeah i, I gotta uh, i think i might have fun as a as a stand-up uh i, I got a little uh, a little bit of bit um like uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't know or uh, may not know about me uh, although it is is so that i grew up with is uh, I, i've got a twin brother yeah and we're twins and then as typically as soon as you tell someone you're a twin you, you get get a couple of questions sometimes they're, they're normal questions like which one's older me by, by, by how long 30 seconds well, 30 seconds well, 
yeah, my, my, apparently my brother was born dead. Apparently, I really wanted to be first. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I got my license first. Uh, graduated high school first. I just hope I don't die first, you know? Um, I know, and then sometimes they, they, you know, you get some really, really odd questions like, uh, you know, oh, do you finish each other's senses? No, you know. Uh, although we are, we are very similar. Um, and uh, uh, another question is like, you know, if I hit you, will he feel it? No, no. And, uh, and then, you know, did you ever switch places? No. You've never done that. No. No, we never did. Uh, although, when you, you can always kind of tell when someone recognizes you. Uh, uh, and, and they go, oh, oh hey. And they, but you have no idea. You have any idea what that feeling is like? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I've seen some guys like you. I think they might have a factory of them somewhere. A factory? There's like a joint. I mean, uh, when I worked at Circuit City, my manager told me he wished there was like a farm of Justin's, which was kind of fucked up. Like, I didn't really. Farm of Justin's. I didn't really appreciate that. But, uh. That'd be a little creepy, man. Uh. Uh, fucking, um. Gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, odd questions. uh, fucking, uh, you play up to that, that type of humor real well. Whenever, uh, I try to make a joke, it just comes out dirty. One I've been tossing around this week was, um, I want to be the right type of, like, because there's, like, a, you can be unattractive and have sex, but you kind of have to play, like, the right aspect of it. Like, you want to be creepy, but not too creepy. You want to be intimidating, but not rapey. Like, uh, there's a fine art to it. Like, I want to be, there's a, I want to be, like, not, uh, I want to be an uncomfortable, moist vagina for a woman, but I want it to be in between, like, the time you're at the beach and then, like, when you, like, were hitting on O.J. Simpson. Somewhere in between there is like a good level for like uncomfortable moist vagina, and that's where I want to fall into. I want to intimidate, but not make her call the police. Yeah, no. Which is very hard to pull off in 2018. And I, I wish people would quit saying that like uh, I'm afraid of strong women. I'm clearly afraid of all women. <laughs> clearly afraid of all women. Yes. I don't think I don't think I can broadcast any more clearly, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I talked to um, PJ. You get off at uh, yeah, you get off too late on Monday. Shit, son of a bitch. There's got to be like um, I wonder if anybody else has an open mic. We'll have to do some research into that. If anybody listening wants to start a, an open mic on. Wednesday for comedy. Just hit me up in the podcast details. Um, moving forward, uh, fucking, what do you think about episode nine? Hot take. Episode nine. You know the the next one, the new star, the new Star Wars, the final Disney Star, the last Disney Star Wars. Because let's be honest, they're not going so hot. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. There's only three movies. <laughs> You know, the, uh, episode four, five, and six. So you, uh, you, you do not have. Does that mean you do not have an opinion on Ryan Johnson and all this desperate? Uh, honestly, I, I stopped paying attention. Um, I know you and Fabio were kind of were kind of mixed when you came out of uh, Return 
Yeah, he yeah. He was really disappointed by it. I don't think you're as disappointed, but neither was I. Like when I left, it didn't bother me. And then after I watched it or like read about it some more, it kind of pissed me off. It, I like, I wasn't as excited for it as I was after Force Awakens. Yeah, definitely. Um, Everybody was kind of hoping it would um, maybe not rip off Return of the Imp- or Empire. Empire, but maybe just uh, have enough to like keep you interested or maybe make the new characters well, interesting. Well, I, it, it did surprise me. Or, or like I, I figured we were going to get an Empire-like ending. Um, honestly, since um, Carrie Fisher had died, I figured that we were going to have Princess Leia die. And then for the, the last movie, we, you know, we, we'd still have Luke, but they totally switched it around, and uh, I, I, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know how I feel about it, really. It's, um, I'll, I will watch the next one. Uh, Supposedly, um, they're going to take some B-roll of Carrie Fisher, and they're not going to CGR, but they're going to take some B-roll and make, like, an intro part out of that, I guess. I don't know. Well, there's I can see stuff they can do that they they cut out of the uh, the other two movies maybe. Well, they have to do a time skip, but instead of doing like a uh, a Star Wars time skip where the movie just cold opens to, or you know how it's Star Wars, it'll have the scroll explaining the time skip, and then like in a proper vein, it would just jump to it. Instead of that, we'll have you know fifteen to twenty minutes of unnecessary out of place Leia footage, and then she can die off screen. Maybe uh, that's kind of the impression I get. But then I mean, like everything's so weird nowadays. Um, you said you played Battlefield, right? Yeah, the the reaction to um, people not liking number five was like the CEO telling people uh, you don't have to buy it if you don't want to, which is actually like a very bold business strategy. True, very true. That's- they kind of have the same attitude with Star Wars though. Like they're like, well, if you don't like it, don't go and see it. I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I will see it, but I'm not. I mean, I, I remember when uh, the special editions came out and. Episode one, 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 and, and two, and, and well, one and two. Uh, I went with my friends, my, my brother. You know, we, we we got online, you know, twenty four hours early. We camped out, um, but I'm not really interested in doing that for, for this new movie. It, I mean, get granted, I am thirty four. Uh, you know, a bit older now, and and, and not a kid, and I have the responsibilities, but. They are more aimed towards children, even if they're not necessarily children's movies. It's something you're. It's a little bit hard to get excited about, and especially after they pumped out like so many shitty ones too. Well, um, uh, Force Awakens is okay. I didn't really care for Rogue One, which is a hot take. You didn't like Rogue One. It was all right. The Tarkin freaked me out too much on Candy Valley. Okay, I I can see that. Uh, I thought it was rather excellent, personally. There was a lot of reshoots too. I noticed there wasn't like the part with the TIE fighter at the end, which is honestly like the part I was waiting for. Part with the TIE fighter? There's like a promotional shot from the trailer where the TIE fighter like comes up at the very end, like it's level with her or whatever. I, don't, I think it's the general guy coming after her. I forget. <laughs> they did take out that great line though that was like, <laughs> I'm a rebel, so I rebel. <laughs> That's almost as good as um, fucking uh, The Last Jedi after uh, they free the big goofy looking rabbit dogs that are going to get captured again in like 30 seconds. Yeah. 
and then uh, they're gonna get arrested, and they take this. And then uh, Finn's like, "It's worth." It's like, "Was it worth it?" And then Rose takes off the saddle, and they run away. She's like, "No, now it's worth." It. I was like, "How was that worth it? You didn't do anything." <laughs> it was. Uh, oh man, it's so interesting. Um, you can kind of. We were talking about this a little bit in the gaming channel the other day that. Um, now that games have kind of replaced movies as the the big you know the big budget entertainment you know venue that people go to because they make like 30 billion dollars a year now they kind of run into the same issue movies do where the uh, originality is really dry and the nostalgia cycle just gets shorter and shorter but it's like they can't even make good movies anymore granted i've seen two or three good ones in the past year alone but there's been like four or five years where i haven't seen shit at the theater i liked how do you feel about the the, the, the MCU, the Marvel uh, comic universe? Hit or miss. Cinematic. Cinematic. As a whole, um, oh man, yeah, Infinity War kind of is on. Infinity War is impressive from the technical standpoint. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Naruto, but it kind of does like the same thing Naruto does, where it ties together like 400 fucking characters <laughs> and all these stories that don't seem tied together at all into like a grand narrative, which is just impressive on its own. I think that ties back into like what we were talking about with the world building, like uh, being able to keep track, being able to have that much spare room in your head for all this shit and have it make sense is just impressive on its own. And it's kind of hard to articulate or like understand why it's so impressive. Yeah, I, I felt they did a good job with uh, not focusing on one person, uh, and you know, or they didn't really leave anyone. Out. It's insane that you can make a movie with that many main characters work. Well, I mean, it was rather long. I'm, I'm, I'm it's a technical masterpiece too. I mean, it's easily one of like the most expensive, most like labored, like technical accomplishments of our you know society. Yeah. Think about think about any future like think about any um other species or any even future humans that would find that would just like be like whoa like nineteen twenty movies. Mm, well, like uh, there, um, I mean, Thor isn't even like a superhero. He's literally just like an actual god. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of I mean, if you were like if you were removed and you weren't like a modern day human, it'd be kind of hard to distinguish between the Avengers and like what really happened. Because, I mean, it has the same bombastic nature and some of the same actual gods as, like, other human mythology. True. And it's, it's kind of crazy how, how it's been. There's parallels, too. Uh, there's a lot of, like, um, a lot of functionality that people don't understand that when you think about a certain thing, you can kind of almost make it tangible. Not necessarily. Like, you can't make Thanos real, obviously. But when, like, everybody thinks about Infinity War, thinks about superheroes, there's, like, a, a palpability to it. It gives it a little bit of power. True. But it's a billion dollar industry too, so you can kind of see it. Have you ever read American Gods? No, but I'm familiar with uh, the concept a little bit. We should go into it though. Yeah, you should. Uh, if, if you kind of like that, that 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 the uh, the people who believe in it kind of give give the gods power. That's that's kind of the basic concept behind that book, American uh, American Gods. It's been Oh, probably ten years since I read it. Yeah, it's really good, and I think they recently released uh, some sort of anniversary edition for it. Mankind always makes his gods. Have you ever? Um, is there any like uh, particular deity or any kind of myth that you like associate with, or that you always like found interesting? 
Um, not particularly. I, I used to have a um, kind of a fascination with the Greek mythology when I was younger. Uh, in like middle school, I, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I, and I, I read all the books. I mean... What was your favorite uh, Greek god? Um... Jeez, I'm gonna get it wrong, aren't I? Um, well, there's probably like a mixture, so you can do two or three. Well, like uh, I keep wanting to say Mercury, but it's actually Hermes in, in, uh, in Greek mythology. I can see that. The, Mercury, uh, Hermes and uh, Mercury are the same thing. Right, the, but Mercury is the Roman name. Yeah, it's uh, in Egypt. He's Thoth. He's what? In Egypt, it's Thoth. Okay. Yeah, just that that that. Uh, it's always uh, the, the trickster. Uh, God is always kind of interesting. Loki, and, uh, and who is that in the Greek? Do you know? Not offhand, but I, I can tell you where we can find out. Yeah, that's a good. I'm. Uh, that's a that's a good parallel. I've wondered who Loki ties to as well. So we have Loki, and we have um, Hermes. That's probably tying to it too. Yeah, I need to get. Um, you can give it to me later, but I need your. Um, Birth date and then the, your full name as it's listed on your birth certificate. I can tell you if you have anything in common with those gods or not. Through the ancient practice of numerology. I think Loki is actually like a, a composite of a oh, couple. Hermes. Loki is Hermes? Apparently. That makes well, sense. Well, in some Greek myths, Hermes plays the trickster. Yeah, Hermes is a trickster. Thoth isn't really um, noted as such, but Thoth, uh, when he was creating the days of the year, he duped Osiris into like making an extra four days because he scraped like a little bit off of each day, and that's how they wound up with like a leap year in the Egyptian mythology. But uh, when Neil Gaiman talks about um, new gods, I think that's also kind of. Um, something associated with like infinity war and modern superheroes you're familiar with like the indian panther yeah the indian pantheon right uh like the, kali and the native american indians no um india indians. no I, I, I know um shiva and there's like one that starts with the k kali yeah, golly. Everybody knows the dark ones, but they're like, they're, um, their gods are like actual superheroes to them. Like they have comic books for them and everything. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely like a tangibility to it. I think, uh, there's really, uh, there's so much complexity to it. I think the way that the stars and the planets interact, that there's definitely, cause the, the Zodiac too kind of breaks apart into that same dynamic where it's like, it's 12 gods. There's always seem to be 12 for some reason. I don't think there's 12 Avengers, but there's definitely like, uh, it's something, something about man categorizing that he likes to fascinate with the different aspects and how they tie into people. When you observe the pattern at large though, it does come back to numbers. I read an article on vice, um, maybe yesterday where they're finding that, um, when you do, um, chemical biology you shoot 
x-rays at uh, single DNA or single atoms and then wherever that uh, light penetrates through it kind of tells you like what it's composed of uh, certain structures though when you hit an x-ray with it makes like a grid pattern kind of like uh, like salt does it certain crystals do it um, they're finding like the same kind of pattern happens with prime numbers where they're kind of grouped together at the start and then like as you go further out like prime numbers get farther and farther apart but when looked at like from a far enough uh, removed perspective you can kind of see like that randomized pattern isn't actually randomized like it's like an intricate web of things yeah the that's why the uh, the numerology has like a little bit of validity to it. There's been a couple instances like uh, like Kenneth, like the guy I told you that uh, I'm fighting with. <laughs> I bought him like a um, a uh, Anubis statue for Christmas way before I ever did his chart, and he's got two eights in it, which are both tied to Anubis. Um, a good friend Megan in California too. She's uh, a Leo. And uh, I was gonna, it was like a long time ago, I kind of had a crush on her. I was gonna do a painting of Sekhmet, which is the lioness of war or whatever in Egypt. Uh, and then when I did her reading too, a couple months ago, it turned out that she had that god in her pantheon. So you'd be, you'd be surprised. There might be a reason that you have like a, dr- uh, a drive to Hermes and stuff. All right. Sounds like fun. It's a good, it's a good pitch. And even if you're left-brained, uh, you can kind of, cause back in the day, uh, basically everybody, that's how they got you to behave in, uh, Greek and Roman times. Everybody had, you know, a couple sets of gods that looked out for you basically, but they weren't like the, the monotheistic God that's, you know, always present. The gods were, oh, you know, they could get drunk or they could, they could forget you were there. Like there could be shitty. <laughs> See, like you didn't always have them backing you up, you know? Maybe that's where the uh, uh, you know the two ink the angel and devil sitting on your shoulder talking to you started with. Yeah, that's the benefit of um, that's kind of the benefit of numerology because when because every god has like certain colors, certain beers, certain like trees and stuff that are associated with them. When you kind of know that, it's like the the primordial version of life hacking because then like you know like what's beneficial to your nature and what you should avoid. It sounds kind of like hoo-ha, but I mean, like, I pound Guinness now, and I don't have an upset tummy, so. Did, did you say hoo-ha? Woo, maybe woo-hoo. Woo-hoo? I have been drinking a little bit. <laughs> I just make sure I heard you correctly. Woo-woo uh, woo gets a bad reputation anyway. Like, 33% of the healing factor is the placebo effect. Like your brain can't differentiate the difference between uh, the sound of like hair growing and like a recording of hair growing. I can believe that. Yeah, like uh, there's a lot like sound, music, it's all fucking like it's connected, but it's like a lost uh, technology or a lost art form. Something, something to do with frequencies, I'm sure. Always. There's, um,. The guy in, uh, I'll try to find a link to put in the description. There's a study that was done in Japan where this guy would like scream at water or, you know, expose it to like positive emotions and then freeze it. And then like, uh, the water that was exposed to negative emotions always came out like very jagged, broken fractals. But then the water that was exposed to like harmonious music and like good talking would come out like nice and geometric and, you know, interesting shapes. And then when you consider something like a small scale, stupid experiment like that, but it's like your body's made of 70% water. So it's like, so if you feel like shit, like, oh Jesus, there's probably, there's probably like a reason for it. Okay. Yeah. 
it's hard to i don't know once you start going down that rabbit hole it's kind of hard to unpack because then you start kind of thinking too about like kind of maybe like what kind of music and stuff you expose yourself to what kind of mood that puts you in you know how you always listen to a sad you listen to like a sad music when you're sad to like make it worse yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really make it worse. I mean, it makes you feel better in a way. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. True. Mm. I think it's always interesting the way sound affects us. That's one of those things that kind of like um, transcends time and space, too. They can always take you back to, like, certain songs can take you back to, like, a certain person or a certain time. Yep. Hmm. High school. <laughs> riding the bus home. Fucking uh, playing EverQuest, blasting your ears to fucking Lincoln Park until you had hearing damage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Papa Roach. I used, uh, me and uh, Lewis went to a Blind Guardian concert on like a Sunday, and I stood right in front of the amps, and I could feel like the, the bass and shit in my heart, and I'm pretty sure that's what fucked my ears up so bad. Yeah. Mm. Probably. Yeah. Uh. But it was worth it. It was like a Sunday show, and all the guys looked like me and had like wolf shirts on. You know Blind Guardian, right? No. It's like an 80s German speed metal band, but they sing about like Lord of the Rings and like The Hobbit. Okay. Uh, like one of my favorite moments from that show because they had this new movement or this new album out. It was at the Meridian too before they turned it into whatever the Meridian is at the moment. Um, fucking, uh, he said like this next song is about Peter Pan and life and death. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> life and death. Huh? And then the song is called Fly. Like it's actually pretty good. Like if you if you can appreciate like um. Is it something I might find on iTunes? Yeah, definitely. It's big. Like it's big nerd music there's songs about like the war of the ring and the battle of sudden flame and shit what's the uh the name again blind guardian everybody listening to you go ahead and check it out as well i can't play it for copyright reasons not blonde jonathan blonde jonathan that's a good band name too no, I, I, uh, I, I typed blonde. I said, not blonde, Jonathan. What, um, what's your top three go-to karaoke songs? Uh, Tom Jones is Not Unusual, uh, Frank Sinatra's Love Me Lady Tonight, and Monty Python's Lumberjack. It always pays off. Hmm? That always pays off. You can kind of hear it in your voice, too, like you just have the Monty Python in you. The fucking, uh, Lumberjack song. I think that's as good a place as any, though, to go ahead and drop it. We're closing in on an hour. All right, if you want. We, uh, John doesn't really have anything coming up. Go ahead and uh, drop your site one more time, though. It's uh, john-brown.com. That's j-h-o-n-brown.com. We'll try to read the book and maybe get some more um, some more stuff lined up to talk about next time. But it's glad, good to have you on the show. Good to see you tonight. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Take it easy.